Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers news throughout the gaming industry and a variety of topics. Here's your host for the show, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode, season five of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson. Joining me this week to kick off season five, we are joined by Sonic Speedrunner, Twitch streamer, and recent uh, GDQ runner, AF Wagers. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and how are you doing, dude? <clears throat> I'm doing good. Um, thank you for having me on the podcast. Hey, um, it's it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about some stuff. <laughs> yes, uh, and to kick things off, because you're brand new here, we get to play interrogations. So we're going to ask you your favorite video game, your favorite video game character, and your favorite video game soundtrack. <clears throat> Alrighty, so I'm going to sound pretty biased here, but you know, <laughs> I really think Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was my favorite video game. Um, I grew up playing the game. I played it many multiple times throughout my life. Um, I spent most of the time in the Chow Garden, and I, uh, you know, decided to spear on it. So that's how I got into it, just because it's my favorite game. And uh, my favorite, yeah, my favorite character probably say <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know, it sounds like oh, uh, Sonic's my favorite character, and my favorite soundtrack. Yeah, and probably City Escape. <laughs> Or I would say um, Fountain of Dreams from Melee is really good. Or... That it was a really good remix that uh, Melee did with that one. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, also, really like Star Fox Adventures that has a beautiful OST, like Dark. Mind. I really need to go back and listen to that one because I've pl- briefly played Adventures like for maybe an hour. It yeah, it, it was like the music. I vaguely remember it. I need to. Re- I really need to go back and listen to that. Yeah, the music is super chill and relaxing. There's an entire playlist on YouTube that has like a relaxing nostalgia remix. <laughs> and oh, nice. I just listen to that while I drive. It's like 40 minutes long. It's great. Well, that's that. Now that sounds lovely. Oh, yeah, it's very nice. All righty. Uh, with that, we're going to jump into our headline of the week right off the top. And because we were kind of gone, I took my month off like I usually do in between seasons. A lot of things happened in January, and so we're going to cover some of the bigger things that happened. Um, Starting off with what came out, we had Rainbow Six Extraction drop, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. And I've been playing two of the three of those, and I've loved them both. Legends Arceus has been doing a great job. I think it's doing really well. And Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! It's an excuse for me to play Yu-Gi-Oh! once again, <laughs> which is always great. Yeah, Ar- Arceus is definitely a lot of fun. Um, I know a lot of people that have been playing it. I'm trying to get into it, but I'm kind of stuck in the tutorials phase right now, so I'm just getting out of it, doing the challenges, but Team Oshawott. <laughs> Let's go, yes. Yes, absolutely. I picked Oshawott as well. I love <laughs> Samurott. And also with what they did to Samurott in the game, I'm not going to spoil it. Because I know that some people, if you know, you know. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll hold off uh, from spoiling that then. Um, in some of the news department, Sega, they sold all of their remaining arcades in Japan to Genda Inc. 
Uh, and they're leaving the arcade industry in Japan. So all the club Segas that exist, they're kind of leaving. And uh, they're now going to be renamed to uh, Gigo or Gigo, G-I-G-O. And that's what they're going to be turned into. The arcades are still going to be there. They're just not going to be run by Sega anymore. It's kind of sad. It's kind of an end of a, an era there in Japan, I think. Yeah, for sure. Crytek has confirmed that Crisis 4 will be happening, which is nice if you like Crisis. I played the Crisis 3 beta when that came out, and that's all I've ever played. And that was mostly because of, I think it was Vanoss Gaming back at the time. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Vanoss. Yeah, I mean, I, ne- I never really got... I never really got into Crisis, so <laughs> I just yeah. know about the series, but exciting. Mm-hmm. Respawn, they're working on three new Star Wars games, including a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, which I know my Destiny Insider Jackson is looking forward to. Oh, yeah. We don't I'm, have I'm... any release dates, though, or like any time frame for them. I think I think the sequel was called, uh, was it Star Wars Eclipse? Uh no, that's uh that's being worked on um by Quantic Dream, the people who made Detroit Become Human. Oh really? I think I've actually heard rumors that it's gonna play a lot like Jedi Fallen Order and have a very dis- like story based decision. It's, game. it's gonna be very story heavy. Uh, if Quantic yeah. Dream does one thing with its games, it makes them very story heavy. So I'm excited for Eclipse to see what they do with it. Super excited. Uh, on the topic of more Star Wars, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga actually dropped a new overview trailer it was like six minutes and they also really gave us the release date for april so we finally know when it's coming out it's april of this year did you uh play the original lego star wars games? i played the original i played the first one and the second one and then the trill the, the the complete saga which had all six i never played star wars lego star wars the clone wars though oh yeah i, I yeah i only played the the it was a Skywalker saga. I think that's what it was called. The six of them. Yeah, the, um, the complete saga. Yes. Yeah, I didn't play the new sequel ones um, for obvious reasons, but <laughs> I didn't like the new ones because they had a lot of like, so they replaced the voice files for voice lines. Instead oh, of yeah. Grunting. They replaced the mumbles with, they actually gave them voice lines. Yeah. And the Skywalker saga, they fixed it and make convert it back to grunts. So. Yeah, you can you can choose to play with either the voice acting or with the grunts, which is even better. I think that's a great feature for them to add to this game. Yeah. It's what it's what the original fans of the Lego Star Wars games grew up with, and I'm glad they're kind of doing that, which is it's just great. Uh some big buyouts happened as well. Uh the smaller one of the two, Take 2, acquired Zynga in a 12.7 billion dollar deal. And the, the biggest one, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, the biggest video game acquisition deal in history, I think. Oh, my God. It's a lot of money. And there was also a response to that from Sony that we'll get into once we talk about what happened this past week, as it actually recently happened. Uh, and lastly, E3 did announce that uh, E3 2022 will again be entirely online. Oh, that's exciting. I mean, obviously offline events are way better, but I guess we can take what we have, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, at least it, it means that, <laughs> like last year, uh, I'll be heckin' busy covering everything to bring you another uh, E3 special extravaganza. <laughs> I believe in 2020, E3 for Nintendo wasn't even wasn't even there right uh was nintendo there in 20 20- i don't even remember 
I think if they were, it wasn't a lot, but Sony, they've pulled out entirely of E3. They don't do yeah. E3 anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes on uh, at this E3, especially from Microsoft this year with their brand new acquisition. Because <laughs> I'm sure we'll see some big news when that comes through. Uh, but those are some of the bigger headlines that happened in January. Uh, looking ahead at what happened just this past week, it's time to s jump into the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the week in review. And as for some game releases that happened, Life is Strange, the remastered collection dropped this past week, as did Dying Light 2 Stay Human. That came out on the Friday, actually, uh, the 4th of February. It's now out. I'm sure that people, I know that a lot of people have been awaiting this game. I played the original Dying Light a little bit. I think it got like maybe 10 hours into the game. And then I got to a point where I needed to go somewhere and it's like, oh yeah, they have all have guns. And I just got gunned down and gunned down and I couldn't progress. <laughs> and it kind of deterred me from playing the game. <laughs> and uh, Dreamscaper also dropped this past week. In the world of news, Starting off with Fortnite news because I, I kind of my jaw kind of hit the floor. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock, aka Silk Sonic, they're in Fortnite. What? Yeah. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> it's what that's one of those weird ones. Like I think we have we've had we have Dwayne Johnson, we have Will Smith, we have Keanu, and about now we have, have Silk entire, Sonic. About to have a entire Fast and Furious cast in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so th that's I'm that's happening. Um, maybe we'll see a digital concert of Silk Sonic in Fortnite, like we did with Marshmallow, <laughs> which uh, it'll be weird. But that ha that's ha that's that's happening. So if you play Cursed. Fortnite, let me know how Bruno Mars handles. You need curse Sonic off it. <laughs> <laughs> in Nintendo news, the Switch has now officially outsold the Wii, one hundred three point five four million units have been sold of the Switch, and the Wii sold 101.63 million. Wow, that's crazy. I remember first getting the Wii for Christmas back in, what, 2009, 2008? I think that's when like, the Wii first came out. It was 2007. Yeah. I remember getting new Super Mario Bros. for the Wii. <laughs> crazy how times changed. It is very crazy. I, I still remember when I got my first Wii as well. Uh, we, it we got uh, Pokemon Battle Revolution with it, Mario Galaxy, and... Well, Wii Sports, obviously. I think there was one more, but I can't remember what, remember what it was. But it was a good time. I played a lot of Mario Galaxy. In so more Sony news, Gran Turismo 7 had a state of play dedicated to the entire game. It's about 30 minutes long. Uh, basically just showing off the game, all the modes, all the vehicles, the driving. So if you're a fan of Gran Turismo and you haven't seen it yet... Go check it out because it'll prepare you for what Gran Turismo 7 has in store when that drops, I believe, this year. In New York Times news, Wordle, the game that has taken the world by storm uh, with its daily word puzzles, has been acquired by the New York Times. Which kind of makes sense considering the New York Times and word games. So now you just got to hope they don't put a paywall above it like they do with their daily crosswords. Yeah. <laughs> In some delayment news, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has reportedly been delayed to next year. Uh, it's, again, it's only reportedly, so we're not sure entirely. Uh, it might just be pushed to holiday this year as well, but once we get more on that, we will update everybody. 
In Resident Evil news, a small team of modders have released an HD version of Resident Evil 4, which is really cool because Capcom hasn't done it yet, so the modders took it upon themselves to do it, and you can play it now in glorious HD. Discord is beginning to roll out uh, its PlayStation integration, so now you can link your accounts and people can see if you're playing a game on PlayStation. And now we go into the big acquiring news. Sony, to combat Microsoft purchasing... Activision Blizzard. Sony acquired Bungie for $3.6 billion. Oh my God. <laughs> Which, again, big money. And now there's rumors that Sony took help combat because Activision Blizzard, that's a lot of studios under them. It's a big acquisition. While them purchasing Bungie, well, it kind of makes sense because they had a thing with Bungie and Destiny 2 going on where it's like, hey, you get a lot more exclusive stuff with the PlayStation side of things. People are saying that Sony needs to make one more big acquisition to to kind of counter Microsoft. And so people are theorizing they should maybe acquire Rockstar or Sega or Capcom. What do you who do you think they should acquire? Hmm. Who do they should acquire? I'm not too sure, honestly, because it's just like I'm really not honestly too sure. <laughs> honestly, I'd be down for them to acquire Sega. I know that people are saying Nintendo and Sega should just merge together finally and get that but it's i think sony going for it just because of how many other games sega does aside from sonic have been they've worked with more of them with uh, on the sony side so yeah. i can see sega going to sony yeah that would be uh yeah i can see that being a possibility in final fantasy news final fantasy remake part two should be getting a reveal this year um, it is Final Fantasy VII's 25th anniversary, and I believe on Twitter the developers did say that there should be a reveal. Uh, that is, of course, things don't happen in the world of COVID or just the way the past few years have been. Dest and more Destiny news. Destiny uh, has announced that there, or there have been rumors that they'll be getting a TV series or a possible movie in the future. Destiny? Yeah. Whew. I know they're making a Halo series coming out soon, so... It makes hype. sense. It's the it would be the it would be to basically rival the Halo series, which I will say the Halo series with the trailers. It look I am kind of excited for that. Oh yeah, I grew up playing Halo, so I'm definitely excited to see that. Uh, and speaking of movies, Joseph Farris, aka Mister Fuck the Oscars, the developer of It Takes Two, ironically, they're working on a movie adaptation for It Takes Two with the help of DJ Two Entertainment. Which I find hilarious because, you know, he's gone on record, on record on the Game Awards Live twice now saying fuck the Oscars. And here he is making a movie for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last little bit of entertainment news. Witcher, the Witcher Season 3 has begun production. And lastly, this is kind of just breaking on the day we're recording this. Rockstar has officially confirmed that GTA 6 is in production as they announced it on Twitter. It's been like so long. I've been playing GTA 5 since like 2012. Yeah, it's, it's GTA 5 has officially now rivaled the amount of releases as Skyrim. Oh my god. It's crazy. <laughs> I feel like they remastered the game on three different consoles. What is it? PS4? Oh no, there are two. PS it was on the PS3, they got remastered for the PS4, and now it's getting remastered for the PS5, I think yep. the next week. Oh, oh yeah, plus all the PC ports and all of that other stuff. Yep. Oh yeah. It, it's it's got it's it has become Skyrim's biggest competitor in terms of re-releases. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's everything for the side of video game news. Looking at the world of TCG for Pokemon, Brilliant Stars with uh, the V Star cards. That releases February 25th, end of the month. They also announced that Pokemon Go will be getting a special TCG set in summer of this year. But before that, Astral Radiance, the next set, uh, was announced with a release date of May 27th. So we got a bit of Pokemon cards coming out. I know that people are excited for more card packs to open. In the world of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, you'll hear some Master Duel news in within this tab as well. Uh, Master Duel just got recently released on mobile for North America, so if you uh, you finally don't have to sit at your computer or on your console anymore to play the game. As for some of the packs, the Battle of Chaos comes February 10th. Tactical Masters comes out June 8th. And Elemental Hero Accessories, we got some playmats, some card sleeves. I think there's a Neos chain. Those all come out August 5th. Uh, you can pre-order them now, though. And lastly, in Magic the Gathering news, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, that expansion, comes out February 11th for Magic the Gathering Arena and February 18th for the actual physical releases. And lastly, in the world of board game news, Exploding Kittens now has a two-player adaptation for faster and smaller games that you can play. And that is the week in review. Any final thoughts on those stories, Wagers? Um, I really think the... Uh... I'm excited for the Pokemon news. Not not really big into TCG, but I like collecting the cards, you know. I'm excited to go out and get some new cards. And uh yeah, I think the video game news we got for this past couple of months and week has just been so crazy. It's crazy how the, the year just started. We have so many things to look forward to. Oh yeah, exactly. It's actually surprisingly uh and even for February, we have some decent releases coming out. Uh here are the games that should be on your radar for February seventh to eleventh. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. Starting off on the Monday, we have no releases coming out. On Tuesday, Ollie Ollie World comes out for everything. Shifu comes to the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC, and Model Builder comes to the PC. On Wednesday, we got two Switch games, Action Arcade Wrestling and Backbone, both of those coming to the Switch. On Thursday, Crossfire X releases for the Series X and Xbox One. Edge of Eternity comes out on both PlayStations and both Xboxes. Cardboard Kings comes to the PC. All of the Kingdom Hearts games are finally on the Switch on Thursday. And About an Elf comes to the Switch. And lastly, on Friday, Lost Ark comes to the PC. And Unbound Worlds Apart comes out for the Xbox Series X and Xbox One. However, the game will be out Wednesday for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 users. And those are the games coming out next week. Anything stick out for you, Wagers? I'd um, probably say the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts games, definitely a big fan favorite. You know, they're finally getting it on the Switch. I think that it's kind of crazy, though, that we're getting Kingdom Hearts on the Switch before we're getting Persona 5, but you know... <laughs> Yeah, Persona 5 still a PlayStation exclusive, yet you can mm-hmm. play Strikers on the Switch. Yeah. It's ki- kind of wild. I'm excited. Ollie Ollie World, that one sticks out. Uh, indie game, if you're a fan of the Ollie Ollie games, Ollie Ollie 1 and Ollie Ollie 2, welcome to Hollywood. Uh, it looks really cool. Nice little skateboarding adventure game. Uh, so if you're a fan of some skateboard side scroller games, it, it, it's looking, it looks really good, and I hear a lot of positive reviews on that. And also Shifu. That comes out next week. Uh, the game where if you die, you come back older, aged, more wise to kick some more 
bad guy booty. Mm. It actually sounds pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed it off a couple times at E3 and all just uh, I think even before that. But yeah, it's looking great. I'm very excited. Uh, with that uh, all through now, it's time for us to dive into our main topics of the day. Here's what we're discussing this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And to kick us off, we're talking about Mr. AF Wagers here, his uh, Twitch career and some highlights of his. So I, I guess to start off, when did you start streaming and what made you decide to become a streamer? So I started streaming back in 2015. Um, so I've been streaming for about seven years since I was a 15 year old teenager in high school, freshman year. Um, I'm, I'm really big into the Smash scene. So I, I really grew up with the Smash series as a kid and I, I wanted to stream Smash 4. I saw a lot of people streaming on Twitch and I decided to give it a shot. And I was kind of a shy, introverted teenager. Um, so talking to people and being social was kind of hard for me growing up. But then I started streaming and it started to make an impact on my social skills and my I was just making more friends and a lot of my friends at the time when I was in middle school when you go and graduate to high school for some reason the way my school district worked half of the kids would go to a different school half of the kids would go to another school depending on your location mm-hmm. and all my friends went to the other school and I went to oh. the other one. yeah so I kind of had I was isolated at this new high school with a lot of friends that I don't have now um, I maybe had like two, maybe one, but I was embarrassed because you know at the time, I feel like playing Nintendo games was kind of like an embarrassing thing to have as a kid in high school because everyone's like, oh, Call of Duty, all this stuff, and it's like if you play Nintendo, it's a kid's game. So I was kind of embarrassed, and I was like, how where can I make friends? On but, but like that won't make fun of me for playing a kid's game. Realistically, it's not. And I was like, no, let me try streaming on Twitch. So that's what made me want to start is just to make new friends. And so you said one of the, uh, the first game that you streamed was uh, Smash 4? Yeah. Actually, that was like the first game I took serious. Um, okay. The first game ever streamed was actually Smash Melee just to do a oh, test okay. stream. Yeah. And then I did Quiplash. And then I started, got, I got on Gato Capture Card and I started doing Smash 4. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, did you have an idea of what type of streamer you wanted to be at that point, or when did the idea of like of what when did you know what you wanted to be on Twitch? So for the longest time, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I mean, I thought I was a Smash streamer. I mean, I was very involved. I was going to Smash tournaments every week. I was going to majors. I was being sponsored by Smash teams, and I was just going to so many events. And part of me felt unhappy and very unsatisfied with my streaming. You know, I felt like stressed out all the time and I, it was kind of annoying having people come to my streams just to play me in Smash and it was just definitely something I didn't like but didn't want to accept. So um, I started speedrunning and I did my favorite game, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and fell in love with it and I never thought I would be a speedrunner. I've always thought speedrunning was like kind of dumb Growing up, <laughs> I never understood it. So then I started doing it. I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually a lot of fun. I'm like, I didn't realize how interesting speedrunning can be. And I'm just very glad I shaped up to be a speedrunner over being a Smash or a variety streamer. 
Was there someone specific that you watched um, to that kind of like pushed you to the speed running, or was it just one day you woke up and you were like, you know what, let's give it a try? Yes. Um, so he was actually on your podcast channel before, but um, his name is Emerald. I'm pretty sure everyone knows who he is in the Sonic community, but I've known him since 2016, and he was streaming Smash, and that's how I got introduced to him. And he had no camera. We both met. I followed him, and then he kind of stopped streaming for a bit. And then he started spearing Sonic, watched his speedruns for like a couple of years, and then he started taking more serious. And I was like, you know what? Let me try speedrunning. I, I did a challenge with my friend where it's like we did a, a money match to see who could meet Hero Story the, first, the fastest. I ended up losing very, very badly. And I was like, you know what? I'm never going to lose like that again. So let me just try and speedrun the game. So I started learning how to speedrun the game, and I f- actually fell in love with it. Okay, okay. So over the years that you did stream, uh, what grew the most and did anything change uh, personality? Like how did it help your personality? Did it hinder your personality at all? Yeah. So streaming extremely improved my social skills. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I actually do have a, a speech problem where I mumble or talk too fast or I have a hard time speaking and streaming help me slow down my speech and be able to talk to people better and think about what I have to say. So that improved my social skills. So I'm, I feel more extroverted. And if I can talk to random people that come to my streams, it's like, why well, can't I talk to random people that come to me in real life? You know, <laughs> the only difference is, is a face. Yes. <laughs> so I, I understand, I understand that as a guy who kind of grew up um, with uh, Asperger's and on the autism spectrum, I definitely understand uh, where you're coming from there. Yeah, like I was in speech throughout my school career, and then high school, I I decided to stop taking it because it wasn't benefiting me at that point. Because it was just, I was just not, it just it wasn't working for me at that time. So I just stopped taking it, and I started streaming. And little do you know, it it really helped me and shaped me to become a better like social person. And um, I definitely started to become more expressive with my personality. I started to really really enjoy what i love doing and be able to showcase to people without caring what they think about me well what would you say your easiest parts of streaming were and what were the harder parts and do you still have those same thoughts of what's easy and what's difficult today so the easiest part of streaming is probably the uh yeah it's probably connecting to my community i feel like i just have a really nice group of people that come to my streams and i can definitely connect to them I feel like not weird, I guess. I don't know. And uh, the hardest part would probably be, I guess, dealing with numbers. I mean, numbers is probably what everyone deals with to be the hardest. A lot of people think that numbers defines their stream. And I sometimes think that, like, you think you deserve the certain amount of growth, even when other people say it to you, but you don't feel like you're getting it. So that's probably the, the hardest part. But realistically, you just want to focus on your content over the numbers because at the end of the day, a number really can't define what your content is. You got to let yourself define it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is, uh, what's, what do you, what's the future of the AF Wagers channel look like? So the future of the AF Wagers, um, probably just more speedrunning and more events. Um, after being on GDQ, I've put my foot to the door and I've, uh, been able to apply for more marathons and using GDQ as a submission is probably the 
greatest thing I can use. And it's just so good to have more experience under my belt and be able to raise money for charity and perform well at these events. And we'll be getting more into the speed running a little bit later as well. Uh, one last question I do want to ask before we do dive into all the speed running stuff of your career. Uh, what's what's some advice that you would give people who want to start streaming or start speed running? And there's just so many so much advice you can get to a new person. But the main thing I always get to new people is don't look at your viewer account and just have someone in your voice chat. Like, don't be streaming by yourself because when you're streaming by yourself, you're there for two hours, maybe three people pop by, and then you feel like bored and then you never want to stream again. So the main thing is networking and make sure you make friends. And you have a nice little friendship community before you start streaming so your friends can kind of make your stream feel more like a hangout more than just like a solo show. I know when I first started streaming, I would sit there for hours kind of just like playing the game and being really quiet and like distant with my chat because I didn't really feel connected to them. But once I started doing voice chats and having my friends in the voice call, I was able to play games, have fun. And when people come to the stream, they can feel the energy and you just like don't even think about it. You just at that point, you're just hanging out with your friends and having a good time. Nice. That's really good. I, I honestly, I kind of agree with that. Ever since um, I did Seven Days to Die back in December, and it was like I had my people with in the voice chat with me. It, it's it kind of changed how I looked at streaming entirely. Yeah, it just makes it feel like a, a party over than like a solo man show with maybe two people in the audience. Makes it, you know. Yeah, exactly. So moving on to the speed running side. So uh, the first game that you speed ran was Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, can you go over all of the categories, all the runs that you have done for both SA2 and I know that you also run SADX. Can you go over what you've been, uh, all the runs that you have done for those games? So I've done Sonic Adventure 2 Hero Story and uh, I've done Sonic Adventure Director's Cut. That's my main game. Um, I started off SA2 from May 2020 into present and I started doing Sonic Adventure Director's Cut back in June 2021 and I... Uh, run Sonic story, Amy's story, Tail story, I do every single story in SADX as of right now. And I'm currently doing a category called all story runs where I start from Sonic and make them all the way to the supersonic section and one complete run. And uh, I haven't submitted anything yet, but my time is like a top 20 time already. So pretty excited and uh, hopefully to get like top 10, hoping to get top 10 of the uh, end of this year. Awesome. And, That's really good. And there's also another game I've actually speed run, but no one really knows about it. But before I started speedrunning Sonic, um, I actually speed ran this game called Getting Over It. <laughs> oh, you, really? You speed ran Getting Over It? Yeah, I ca- I wow. did casual speed runs of it. Yeah, like I would start from the beginning and try to make my way to the end. I think my fastest time was like four minutes. <laughs> hey, that's not that bad. I, I know that it would probably take me a good hour rage uh, and a couple rage quits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took me eight hours to beat my first time. Oh, well, hey, you know what? From eight hours to four minutes, that's pretty good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what drew you to SADX after being an SA2 runner for so long so Sonic Adventure 2 Battle there are three characters there's Sonic Tails and Knuckles each character has their own move set and their own missions and objectives and Sonic Adventure Director's Cut the beauty of that game is each character you play individually and you don't have to worry about other characters so if you want to just like Side speed run that game, it's easier to do because not as much to learn because not like you're learning knuckle pieces and all that stuff. I mean, until I started doing all story runs, but my best in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was Sonic, and I did Sonic Adventure Director's Cut as like a little 
um, I've practiced speedrunning it just for the you know the lols. <laughs> so I started speedrunning that game, and I was like, wait a minute, Sonic, and this game feels like Adventure Two Battle Sonic, but twenty times better. It's like going from Smash Ultimate Fox to like Melee Fox. You're going from this good character in Two to this even broken character in Sonic Adventure <laughs> DX. You're going and playing with Sonic that has mashable spin dashes and higher jumps and faster movement you have jump canceling to change your air mobility like it's just a way better experience and there are 10 action stages there's open worlds the music is crazy and the community is super nice and welcoming so i definitely uh started to slowly transition from se2 to sadx <laughs> how much more technical is uh sadx's sonic compared to sa2's sonic um, he's not. I think SAD Sonic is more technical than SADX, and SADX, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I was able to beat it with the dance pad, <laughs> so it's not too technical. Um, and his move kit, all he has really is just a jump and a spin dash. In SAD2, you have light dash, bounce bracelet, fire somersault. You know, a lot more different moves. And Sadax, he's got like two moves, but then you're able to. Combo those moves, like for example, doing a spin dash hover, spin dash jump, which is the same properties of doing that in SA2. So, I would definitely say SA2 is way more technical. Looking back on SA2, what would you say your biggest hurdle, biggest difficulties were with that speed, uh, with the speed runs? Probably Knuckles. <laughs> Everyone knows me for being like the biggest meme in the SA2 community for how bad my Knuckles was. But the reason why it was memed on is because my hero start time was pretty good. But my knuckles was pretty bad. So I was getting like low 25s, high 25s with horrible knuckles execution. So people would make, like, make comments at it like, you need to practice your knuckles. So that, um, yeah, that definitely was my hurdle. <laughs> how, how did you feel about the AF Chambers nickname? And did it act as like a motivator for you to get better at hunting? So I thought the name Ave Chambers was super, super uh, creative. I mean, just the name just sounds super, super right for my Death Chambers at the time. Um, I would just constantly mess up Death Chamber. Um, people would actually come to my stream. I'd notice my viewer count would start to increase when I got to the desert section, so people can see how bad my Death Chambers got. I'd be like, I'm hitting base. My viewer count would shoot up like twenty people. And I'm like, why is there so many people in here? I'll go Death Chamber, mess up, and then my viewer count will go back down 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah, it definitely was a motivator for hunting. Um, during the Sonic Adventure Hero Story, um, yeah, the Hero Story race, I really practiced my knuckles. Um, I started learning more stuff. And I was not ready to be AF Chambers during our tournament. So I definitely stepped up and learned a lot more of Death Chamber, along with the other stages. What would you say your best hunting stage is now at this point? Probably Aquatic Mine. <laughs> nice. Aquatic Mine's my favorite. Um, another thing that happened, and uh, you brought up the Hero Story Tournament, and this is, I believe it's where it originated. Tell us about hitting the Quan. Oh, man. Hitting the Quan. Okay. So, basically, this is a trick performed in SE2 where this trick is called BOFA and stands for both of these boxes. And you have to basically snipe in between these two wooden boxes and there's a black steel box on top of the boxes and you basically have to have that box clip you out of bounds. So if you hit this trick first try, it is called hitting the Quan. And how it originated was, 
I went to a bar, you know, I like to dance. Um, I went to a bar with some friends and I started getting a little dancing circle, you know, because I'm just very extroverted like that now. And I started getting people to be hyped around. We're all in a circle. And I start break dancing in the middle of the circle. And my friend records me break dancing, posts on social media. I retweeted it. And the Sonic Adventure community ate that up. They were making memes of it. They were making gifts of it. They added it as a Freckerface Z emote. It's pretty popular <laughs> now. So when everyone says, um, whenever they hit first try Pofo, they're like, hitting the Quan. And I believe it was brought up during the Sonic Adventure 2 Hero Story race. I forgot the name of the runner. I think it was Gurp. Um, I, f- I think it was Gurp 98. But basically, someone going out of bounds and he hits the box and he goes, he hit the Quan. And that was the uh, the origin story of how Hidden Quan happened. So how does it feel to have uh, essentially like a tech, a trick kind of named after something that you that spawned off of just events that happened at a bar? How does it feel? <laughs> Definitely a great story to tell. <laughs> Definitely makes you feel, uh, feel pretty good. I mean, I have another skip and Sonic's called the Wigger Skip. <laughs> And basically, I made a tutorial on how to do a Winnie Valley skip, and someone found another skip in that map where it was called, they call it Wager Skip, so you can skip the tutorial. <laughs> I'm going to do something <laughs> else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's kind of, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll make a Wager Skip skip and find another skip. <laughs> oh, that, let's go. I, I can't wait to see the Wager Skip skip. I, yeah, I'm going for you on that. I, yeah, I can't find- wait to see it. You're gonna wait to skip the skip the tutorial. Now you're gonna have to skip the skip the tutorial to skip that tutorial to watch this tutorial. I, I can't wait to see that just like a rabbit hole of like the skip, the skip, skip, the skip, 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 and just see how far the rabbit hole can go down. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Um so you have a top fifteen time in SadX for Sonic Story. How how tell us the story of the grind, like from day one starting it to where you are now for that. So I've only been speedrunning since I think for seven months of the game. And the grind was super, super paid off. Um, since I had fundamentals from Sonic Adventure 2, it kind of transferred over, transferred over really nicely. And streaming it every time, every day, practice off stream for like four hours straight, definitely gave me that boost to, to hit that time. And while I was doing a hero, uh, I'm sorry, hero story, an all stories run, I kind of was just like not paying attention. I was just talking to chat and just mindlessly playing the game until I hit final egg. And I was like, wait a minute, this run's actually pretty good. And then I was like, wait a minute, guys, wait, hold on, hold on. And then I finished final egg. I'm like, guys, this is looking like a top 15 run. So I managed to get a 31 21 time, uh, making me 15th on the leaderboards now. Nice. I'll take it. It's a sub 30 for a top 10 time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, you're only a minute and a half away. Oh, no, it's sub-31, 30, sub sorry. Sub-31. Hey, you're almost there, then. You're almost... Oh, sub-31, that's not too bad, then. Yeah. You're it's almost like, there. Yeah, it's like a 30-50 or something like that, I think, to get top uh, top 15. Okay. Hey, you're almost there, and I wish you luck for uh, that eventual top 10 time. Uh, so now we go to the big thing that happened this back in January now. GDQ, AGDQ 2022. And you, you submitted a Sonic story for it. Walk us through that. Walk us through the submission to... 
what happened after that? So I I saw AGDQ was going around, and it's always been a dream of mine to be on Awesome Games Done Quick or just Games Done Quick in general since like 2016. And I was watching, I remember watching Talon do an SAT, and I'm like, you know what? One day I'm gonna be on Games Done Quick. I'm gonna perform, and I'm gonna do a good job. So submissions started to roll around, and Savic was submitting from Dark Story, which, however, got denied for AGDQ, but got accepted for hotfix so mm-hmm. he just did dark story did a phenomenal job so congrats to Zavik. so when i submitted i thought to myself you know what i'm gonna i need to find a unique way to make a submission something that they haven't like no other submissions done before i mean probably been done before but something for sonic at least so what i did was i went to a venue a gaming venue specifically for smash tournaments and i am pretty close with the owners there and i'm like hey would it be okay if i run a charity marathon for Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. And they said, sure. So I set up a marathon for charity at this event, uh, sorry, at this venue, and speed around Sonic Adventure 1 and Adventure 2 with two of my friends' commentary on the couch. And we basically just speed ran SA1 and SA2 in a GDQ-like format. And I clipped and highlighted the SA1 segment and used that as my submission and had Bad Licks help me out with a nice, clean submission bio. And I had Arctic as well as a commentator that's previously on GDQ. And it got accepted. So uh, when I was, when I, when I got, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty happy. Was it like, uh, how do you describe the feeling of getting accepted? Were you jumping up and down? Was it like opening a Christmas present on Christmas day? <laughs> so while I was at work, um, I was getting ready to close. I get a discord DM from my friend, uh, Tyler. And he's like, I can get my phone blown up in my pocket. I open my phone up and I'm like, yo, what is going on? And he's like, dude. He's like, did you hear? I'm like, hear what? And he sent me a picture of my Sonic story being accepted. And I'm like, no way. Oh my God, no way. And I started screaming at work. I went, ah! I, I screamed. My coworker was like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And I'm like, I got accepted in GDQ. And he goes, oh, I thought you hurt yourself or something. <laughs> and I was like, no, I got accepted in GDQ. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, you don't know what GDQ is? <laughs> How do you not know what GDQ is? <laughs> uh. <laughs> very, very happy. I remember nice. like, they made a TikTok on it. My girlfriend was like super happy for me. I was just, oh man, it was great. But, uh, you know, I posted on Twitter. Everyone was super excited for me. You know, it was a great time. Nice. And the GDQ run, I, I will say I watched it live. I watched the whole Sonic block this year live. You did a phenomenal job. Thank you. Uh, what would you, uh, how, how did you think the run went overall? I think the run, uh, the run went very, very nicely. Um, towards the end of the run, when I, when I finished the run, they pulled me and my commentators out of the voice chat into, you know, because they're getting ready for the next people. Yeah. And it was me, Arkin, and Badlix, And I started breakdown crying in the voice chat. And I was just so, so happy and satisfied with that run. I was just like so thankful for the opportunity I gotten to just not only raise money for charity, but to be able to speedrun a game that I love so much at a very professional level and do a great job at it. So, and my friends were right beside me, so I had a really good time, and I'm just so thankful I can have that experience in my life. Nice. Um, and I know that you've done uh, some relays uh, of Sadex in the past with a couple of others, Argic, Badlex, and. Uh, I think Matoya as well has been a part of them. 
Yeah, we did you mind all, all diving into relay. those events as well that you've held? Yeah, so I created events called the All Stars Relay. Basically, what we did was we started off with Sonic, which was me, and we'd be in our relay format. So we pass it on to the next person after each lap. So each lap would be like Sonic lap, Tails lap, Knuckles lap, and so on. So after Sonic, I'd pass it on to Venom for Tails, and then pass it on to Matoy for Knuckles. And we had the seven of us all on camera on the same overlay commentating with charity incentives with chat and it was just such a great event um we've done two of those before and we actually do plan on submitting uh when gdq comes back to offline events we made a thought to maybe submit a all-stars relay gdq run for uh sedex that would be cool to see i think that would i think that would be great especially yeah. with you having done these before gdq would be able to look at that to see how you how it's how they've performed in the past and to see that they've done pretty well yeah and one more challenge thing that I do want to bring up that you did mention a little earlier. You've speed run the game on the dance pad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that twice. Um, the so first how, time. What, 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 just, what clicked in your mind to think, you know what? Sonic on a dance pad, let's go. So my friend Clay Tito, um, a while back, he wanted to do a race with Sonic, sorry, with Mario 64 with the dance pad. And we ended up not doing it um, mainly because I never really played Mario 64. So... It would have been really hard to play that on a dance pad. I can't even finish a game on a controller. <laughs> so I thought it would be a little too hard for me, so I didn't end up doing it. And I went up to Emerald, and I was like, yo, we should do SA2, but race on dance pad. So I kind of like used the same idea, but for like a different event. So we did an SA2 race in Hero Story, which was super hard. Um, the hardest part was Metal Harbor with the rocket time. Getting through that was extremely painful. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so we ended up having to stop at Hidden Base because, I mean, we probably could have finished it, but it was just getting so hard. We were like seven hours in and we were up to Hidden Base and it felt like a really crazy workout. Um, so I got into that and then I'm like, you know what? Let me do Sonic Star with the dance pad. It shouldn't be as hard because it's just two buttons. Literally just the camera change and then actually, no, three. So the camera change and then the A and the, and the B button. So I managed to finish it the first time. And then I was like, you know what? Let me make another event and promote it at GDQ. So, and this time let's do for charity. So we did it the second time and the second time went insanely better. But however, we had a power surge during the run. Ooh. <laughs> so I had a stream on my phone. Uh, I improvised. I streamed my phone and kept those people in the stream. Um, kept them entertained by showing them my puppy. <laughs> showing them <laughs> my dog. You know, the puppy always, uh, always gets the views. <laughs> exactly. So well, when in doubt, pull the puppy out. Exactly. So I was just showing them a little room tour, and and it's funny because I was streaming my phone. I had three power surges during that storm. So well, I have a lightsaber in my hand, like doing like some some tricks with it. A power surge happened, and literally all my lights went out, and it was just me in the dark with my lightsaber on. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my computer went back on. We continued the event like nothing happened, and we raised three hundred dollars. So hey, let's go. Yeah. Um, and you have one thing uh, coming up, uh, Glitch Infinite. That's coming up, and you're running Sonic Story in that. Yeah, so Glitch Infinite is a Smash Major in held in Maryland at a, at a, at a, a venue called Xanadu. Um, I've been to Glitch Infinite two times before, but this is the first time I'm going for speedrunning purposes. I'm also going for Smash competing because I am a Smash competitor, but I'll be speedrunning on stage doing Sonic Adventures Sonic Story and it's gonna be my first IRL event that's not created by me or 
um, online that's on GDQ. So I'm super excited for those events and hoping uh, to do well. Yeah, and a lot of uh, other people who have been on the podcast are going to be down there as well. Uh, Emerald is, Dawn, I believe, as well. Yep. Hex. Uh, X is going to be down there. I believe Joy as well. A lot of uh, podcast homies will be down there, and I'll definitely try to cover Glitch Infinite once it does happen because I, I sadly won't be down there myself because uh, stuck in Canada for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Freezy Papa is going to. Yeah, Freezy as well. Yeah, it's a, a lot of podcast homies going down there. Yeah. And I'm definitely excited to see you guys all down there and support all of you in, in the ways that I can. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add about speedrunning your Twitch career? Anything else that you want to add? I guess the best thing is, is uh, back to the question earlier about like what to stream and how to stream. Is speedrunning is probably the <laughs> is probably the little Twitch. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like a, definitely a Twitch, a way to get into Twitch streaming a lot easier than other people because speedrunning it gives you unique value and gives you more of a reason to watch because when you're watching some speedrun it's like oh man they're doing something i can't so it definitely helps with newer streamers getting involved with a community you know it's like smash commuting it's like you have people it's like players it's runners and they're all supporting each other hanging out instead of playing against each other you're racing each other you know well with that it's time for us to now move on to the last bit of the podcast and jump into the bonus level Wacky lists, weekly reports, and a look back at video game history. Here's this week's bonus level. All right, and starting off with the community corner from Mr. Stu, what is your favorite speedrun to watch? My favorite speedrun to watch? Um, so I really like watching, you know, Hero Story and Sadics, but other runs I like to watch that's not included in that. I really watch, like watching Zelda speedruns, like Twilight Princess, Wind Waker. Um, not crazy about breath of the wild but there's some cool breath of the wild series out there it's just because that game is super long i'm getting interested in this new game called pac-man world 2 which is an old game i played so i owned that for my gamecube yeah i remember playing that as a kid and i saw another streamer playing it and i was like you know what? this game was a lot of fun so let me try and play it nice i really like the kingdom hearts speed runs uh, especially the kingdom hearts 2 just because it's kind of just crazy how they optimize that game of like just like of where you got to where to go where to get things and how to cheese the bosses on a whole nother level uh from freezy pop are there any other games you are considering learning speedruns for like i said before um pac-man world 2 was a uh, definitely an interest for me but a game i always wanted to do but i'm not like too sure if i want to pull the plug on it is star fox adventures <laughs> Um, that game holds a lot of value to my heart and I just grew up with it and I've always just, I praise it every stream. It's just such a great game and it's basically Star Fox, but with Zelda, um, like challenges. So, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't have a lot of glitches to the game. It's a lot of straightforward knowing where to go, but (laughs) that combat optimizations and the like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I do, since I have speedrun a little bit, I would like to learn, again, back to Kingdom Hearts, I would like to learn that. But just for the memes, I would like to learn how to speedrun a Danganronpa game if there even are speedruns for it. Uh, and last question, from Actual Trash PhD, he has a doctorate in trash. What is What would you say your biggest highlight of your, of your career on Twitch? I mean, obviously, 
GDQ, but aside from GDQ, um, I'd probably say, I mean, I've been streaming on Twitch for a long time, so there's a lot of offline things that happen that are due to my Twitch career, like TwitchCon, I would consider probably the highlight. I mean, TwitchCon was awesome. I got to stream. I got to be around my friends that I've known on Twitch for years. We went to get dinner and it was just phenomenal. That, that's what I would probably put as that. Moving on uh, from the community corner. Uh, if you want to submit questions to the community corner, you can join our Discord just by heading over to my official Twitch channel and legit just go into the chat, even if I'm not streaming. Just type exclamation Discord and you can join from there. It's that simple. Uh, moving on to top five. Top five Sonic the Hedgehog levels. Top five. Okay, so obviously City Escape. City Escape is a classic. <laughs> Love City Escape. Um, I'm to City Escape. I'd probably put... If I'm doing top five, though, I'm putting City Escape at one. I, I love that stage. I played it so much growing up. I would always just try and get as much rings as I could for the Chow Garden. You know, it just has so much replay. <laughs> Besides doing City Escape, it has a lot of replay value to it. So, <laughs> at number five, I mean, I really, really enjoyed Sadex, um Red Mountain. Red Mountain is a great stage. Just be run. It just has so many cool tricks to it. Number four, probably, hmm, I think the Green Hill stage in SA2 is really cool. The bonus stage you get. It's really fun. Number three is the uh, <laughs> Sonic of the Black Knight. I really like the, uh, the, I forget the first name, uh, name of the stage, but Black Knight is one of my favorite Sonic games. I think it's super underrated. People give it more trash than it should have, but it's a great game for me at least. Um, what would be number three? Or number two. I think number two we're at. Yeah. Number two, I like Lost World a lot. Lost World, not the game, but the stage in Sadex. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot. You can, like, legit, that saying, oh, yeah, I like Sonic Lost World. And it's like, wait, w- w- which which one? The stage or the uh, the whole game? Oh, no, no yeah. the stage from Sadex. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely enjoy, I definitely really enjoy that stage a lot. Lost World's a fun stage. Snakes is cool. A lot of technical stuff you gotta do number one i'll say city escape because you know it just has so many cool mi- i love the missions i love growing up playing i love the song i love i mean city escape might, be, might not be my favorite but just has a lot of casual value to it yeah definitely uh for myself for i i really like sky rail i don't know what it is but sky, sky rail? rail for me is in there <laughs> uh you got um, what is it? Uh, Casino Park. I loved playing Casino Park as a kid. Yeah, Casino Park, like um, from Sonic Heroes. Oh no! Um, oh, what's it? The one from Sadex. Is is it Twinkle oh, Park? Twinkle, Twinkle Park. Park. Oh, that stage that was one. a nightmare with a dance pad. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, Twinkle Park definitely. Uh, Emerald Beach specifically. Or Emerald Coast, specifically yeah, Emerald the Coast. big version. Oh, the big I, version? I really, like, big I really like the yeah. music that they gave that one. It's super chill, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and my numbers two and one are the Sonic Cross Yoshi's Woolly Worlds level in Lost World and the Sonic Cross Zelda level in Lost World. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I didn't play Lost World, but I remember the Sonic having the Zelda cap on. 
It was, they were weird stages. Uh, what's weirder, and I, I bring this up, it was brought up back when we had Gordon Ramsay on the podcast. The trailer for the Sonic and Yoshi collab, it was weird, to say the least. And if you haven't the chance, just look, just Google it on the YouTubes and just be amazed at how weird that that trailer is. Uh, but that's top five for the week. Moving on to this week in gaming history, uh, this is what happened in the past from February 7th to 13th. On the 7th, 2012, Nintendo released the Circle Pad Pro for the Nintendo 3DS in the North America. The accessory added a second analog Circle Pad controller and a second set of shoulder buttons. The price was $19.99 US dollars. Wait, the... Wait, like the accessory? or It was the accessory, yeah. There's an accessory for that? There was an accessory. I thought it was just built into the new 3DS XL. It, I mean, it was eventually built into the new 3DS, but yeah. That's there crazy. was an accessory before that. The 3DS is so weird. It was like 3DS, 3DS XL, new 3DS, and like new 3DS XL. It's like... Yeah, and, and don't forget 2DS. the 2DS. Yeah, the new 2DS. Oh, man, it was just... <laughs> it was a lot of 3DSs. I mean... My favorite DS style was definitely the. Uh, a lot of people like the DS Lite, but the DSi had so the much. The DSi was great. I loved yeah. the DSi. I remember leaving my DS inside the truck and my it overheated and it made me so upset because I couldn't play DS games. And I had a Game Boy, so I was able to play my Game Boy games still. But I remember getting a DSi, a bright blue DSi with a camera in front of it and being like, oh my God, what is this? This is my first time I had a device with a camera because at the time I was like eight years old, seven years old. So Same. iPods were. Yeah, so iPods were really a thing at the time. So I remember just taking pictures of my brother and annoying the absolute crap out of him. <laughs> and just making Yeah, so I just ignore the absolute crap out of him and just stretch his head and and like do weird things to his, his character in the game. <laughs> and then I would take pictures of myself, my friends, and on my new 3DS XL, I transferred all my data from my previous DSs and I look into my photo albums I found my 3DS XL recently. I saw all those pictures of what I took when I was eight years old, and it was like so nostalgic to see <laughs> how different everything looks. <laughs> the one thing I liked about the, the 3DS specifically were the AR games that came attached to it, uh, where you could just mess with like the photo with your photos that you took and shoot them down with the camera, or use the AR cards and do all that stuff. I yeah. thought that was very, it was like like very creative, and I, for me that was like the big selling point of like I want a 3DS specifically for this reason. I know Pokemon isn't out yet, but I want it for this reason, like only. And yeah. then they dropped the Pokedex 3D as well, and that was a cool feature mm -hmm. at the time as well. And the DSi introduced flip notes. Yeah, oh, oh, flip notes were so good. Yeah, like the DSi introduced a whole new element of software apps. Like it wasn't just like playing video games. Like DS was just literally picto chat and. The DS game. With the hey, PictoChat Picto back in the day, though? Kind of pog. It was very pog. Being able to draw pictures and send it to your friends. Remember all the memes we'd make? <laughs> they were great. And all the stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah the, the DSi definitely holds a special place in my heart. Um, the 3DS was definitely one of my favorites, too. I remember getting the blue, shiny-looking 3DS. And the reason why I wanted it was because Ocarina of Time was... Just released yeah, Ocarina of Time 3D. Yep, I remember walking into GameStop and seeing the poster for it. And I was like, oh, I need to get this. My favorite game growing up. But then now you realize that like the Ocarina of Time 3DS is so limited to what we have now with current Zelda games. 
like when Mickey HD was so pretty. I, I wish they made a hurry time 3D into an HD instead. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, I do want to bring this up. I saw this today. Uh, so in Majora's Mask 3D, somebody used all the instruments that you can get in the game and recreated Toto's Africa. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've seen on, um, there's like a bunch of videos of a guy where he takes a 3DS and like plays a bunch of different songs. Like he was playing um, Take On Me. He was doing um, Every Once Over the World. He was yeah. doing all these it's different kinds of songs. Crazy. You know? I'm just so like, addicting man, to the see. dedication and the, uh, that you've done to do this is uh, like just like slow golf clap to you. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize how many like different things you can do with the ocarina and just like the instruments in Majora's Mask. Because if you move your analog stick, it changes the, I think the tune of the of the sound, so you can change it or the pitch too. It's crazy. Yeah. February eighth, nineteen ninety eight. The official video game and pinball book of world records was published. It was nine hundred eighty four pages, including records that. Uh, from uh, up to 19, from 1981 to that point. February 9th, 2004, Nintendo released the limited edition two-toned Onyx Platinum Game Boy Advance SP in North America. On February 10th, 2009, Sega released the House of the Dead Overkill for the Wii in the US and North America. On the 11th, 1999, Square released Final Fantasy VIII for the PlayStation in Japan. On February 12th, the big one, Sega released Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube and PS2 in North America. Ooh. The game anniversary is uh, this uh, is uh, on Saturday. So looking forward to that. Maybe, we'll, maybe they'll announce an HD version on the Saturday. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> uh, and lastly, February 13th, 2003, Sega announced plans to merge with Sammy in Japan. Which I don't know what Sammy was, but they merged with them. The achievement of the week this week is in Dying Light 2. It's who wants to be a, and you collect, uh, it's the goal is to collect $1 million in old world money. And the game of the week, I'm giving it to Ollie Ollie World. I've seen a lot of promotion for the game. It looks like a lot of fun, despite how hard the original Ollie Ollie is. And wagers, thank you. Thank you today for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash AFWagers. My Twitter is also AFWagers. Um, Instagram, Anthony underscore Wagers. You know, it's the best place to find me. If you guys like Sonic content, definitely check out the streams. We do charity events. We do a bunch of cool other fun challenges. Like soon we're going to be doing a uh, Sonic story, no ringless challenge. Um, I plan on doing a sub goal where I go to a Sonic restaurant in a Sonic onesie ordering a chili dog. So Sonic rest. Oh, right. Yeah. I, for, yeah. Sonic's a chain. I, I'm Canadian. <laughs> uh, and of course you can find me over at uh, radio Tony on Twitter and Tony's game lounge on Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, where we post highlights of the podcast uh, in a little audio video form. Um, and be sure to like, follow the po- like, follow, and share the podcast because that's the best way to help us grow to get out to more people. We're in like seven or eight countries, and we I want to by the end of this year, I want to be in at least ten. So let's shoot for that goal, wagers. Once again, thank you for coming on. It was a blast. <laughs> thank you for having me on. 
And to you, the listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with a brand new episode right here in the Game Lounge. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch for more updates.